When we talk about our economic system and policies, words are used that have accumulated divisive connotations. Whatever the short-term political benefit of being evocative, to provide a basis for a more constructive dialogue, it will be useful to make distinctions between three isms, capitalism, profitism, and socialism. The United States tends to embrace what is called a capitalistic market approach to its economic system. In its idealized form, the desire by individuals to increase their standard of living through operating privately owned businesses that make profits drives society as a whole toward greater well-being. Underlying this is the belief that a business can only survive by being profitable and that it can only stay profitable by providing sufficient value to its consumers while producing efficiently. Clearly, the role of profit is central to the proper operation of a capitalist system. So why might we want to distinguish capitalism and profitism? Because capitalism developed out of the recognition that the capacity to produce the goods and services our society wants is dependent on the equipment, infrastructure, buildings, technology, education, and training, all considered forms of capital, available to transform raw materials into the products we value. It is the accumulation of capital over time, the increase in the capacity of production, which is at the core of capitalism. Capitalism embraces private property and the profit motive since they tend to reinforce the production of goods that are most highly valued and to do so at the lowest cost. However, it was also accepted such business needed to be run with appropriate moral and ethical limitations since belief in having one's risk-taking and hard work pay off was critical. Stealing, lying, and bad faith contracts corrode the benefits of a capitalist system. The competitive marketplace needed to be about increasing efficiency and productivity for capitalism to work as advertised. Capitalism, in its most inspiring form, is about investing for the future and growing the economy. In contrast is profitism. This is an economic viewpoint where the ultimate goal is the generation of profit. If something you are considering can't turn a profit, there's no point in doing it. This approach extends into all aspects of our lives. If making a new law is not profitable, don't pass it. If protecting the rights of the poor is not profitable, don't do it. If ruining the reputation of your competitor, even if they provided a better good at a lower cost, was profitable for you and your business, do it. If capitalism was about sowing the seeds and increasing a future crop, then profitism is about reaping that crop now. However, without the reaping, investment never provides a return. Here is where a dilemma exists. Some of the mores and ethics required for capitalism to function properly is anathema to a profitist, and yet they are necessary. Some historian might also refer to this focus on profitable trade as mercantilism. Profitism, in its most inspiring form, is about improving one's financial situation. One of the main distinctions between capitalism and profitism is time horizon. Whereas profitism tends to be focused on the immediate or very near future, capitalism can and should be less myopic. However, this requires the ability to compare value in the future relative to value in the present. In the field of finance, they use a method called present value calculation to estimate whether an investment is worthwhile.
This also shows up in what is called cost-benefit analysis used by many institutions. To do this, the value of the future is discounted. This is motivated by the recognition that to have a specific amount of money in the future, let's say $1,000 in one year, one needs to put less than that amount into an account earning interest today. In reality, because of uncertainty and risk and stress and work, most investors want significantly more than what they could get saving at a bank. This means they will discount the future even more so. The extreme shows up in the pressure to make profit in every quarter or very high interest payday loans. Thus, a profitist tends to discount the future much more steeply than a capitalist would. This brings us to a misdirected criticism about capitalism. Some argue that the profit motive is immoral, as if evil in itself. The problem is not profit. It is how much the future is discounted in measuring whether an action is profitable. Ultimately, profit is an accounting construct. Where morals and ethics fail is when we choose to use a myopic measure. It is the desire for the instant gratification of knowing whether or not you made money that a society tends to focus on reaping and less on sowing. We can go further. To weight the future at all in our decision-making is as if to take into account the well-being of someone else, a future you. Thus, another form of present value is how we discount what happens to other people. The more steeply we disregard others relative to ourself, the greater we discount them. When we include a regard for others in our decision-making, we may still be seeking to generate a profit of some kind, financial, emotional, social. That account for others is what makes a decision-maker seem more moral or ethical or caring. With the above in mind, we can discuss socialism. There are two main elements involved. First, it assumes that society as a whole ultimately are the owners of a resource. Over a long enough time horizon, economic goods can be exchanged many times so that there is uncertainty who will own what in the future. Thus, any long-term planning will incorporate some form of social perspective. Second, there is uncertainty over which individuals in the future will be the most gifted or the most wasteful or the most diligent workers. Diversification of investment in human capital, the capacity of a person to be productive, becomes quite prudent. This occurs by having many children receive education and health care and other basic resources required to be a productive member of society. However, many people are loath to invest in the future of people that are not direct family members or close friends. In a purely private property economy, this reinforces great accumulations of wealth in a small fraction of families, while many others have little wealth and are poorly invested in. Socialism is an approach to counteract this tendency. There is a complication, though. One of the limits of socialism is that in the realm of politics, it may still only be a small group of individuals making decisions for society as a whole and over what you feel as your own property. So both capitalism and socialism can have problems of concentration of power, the first through money, the second through social hierarchy. This is important to recognize, since expecting socialism to solve issues of inequality may only lead to different expressions of inequality. 
Over time, the U.S. economic system has included aspects of socialism. This has been done to deal with economic crises like the Great Depression, an aging population, and poverty. When retired parents have enough resources to take care of themselves, that frees up more time and energy for their adult children to work and run businesses. That increases productivity. Likewise, with resources going toward young children, their parents can also be more productive, as well as the children becoming more productive in the future. The problem is that these investments do not assure that every child and or parent will actually be more productive. It requires a certain amount of faith that a large enough share of people will end up more productive so as to more than counterbalance those who are not. One sows many seeds to assure enough of a crop grows. One does not sow them in such a narrow patch that it is only possible for one to grow. So why is all this important? Because it reminds us the relative advantages of the different economic systems cannot be disentangled from the political systems which governed them, the ethics and mores which guide them, and the cultural aesthetics which animate them. Capitalism's advantage is in growing an economy and expanding the type of goods provided. Socialism's advantage is in its expanded sharing of what is produced. As such, a society over time is likely to cycle back and forth between capitalist and socialist tendencies, from focusing on growing our capacity to supply goods to focusing on how societal demands are actually being met. It is not a question of which system is fundamentally superior. It is a question of what is the optimal balance of both, given both the exigencies of the moment and the needs of sustainability into the future.